There are spiritual dimensions outside of our physical reality that affect us every day. Our dreams and awakening moments are the clues pointing us towards our identity and destiny. This is Spirit Wars. Tell us a little bit about who you were kind of at the beginning and where you were spiritually. You kind of were looking for a spiritual supernatural experience. What got you started in what you term black mass? I wanted something supernatural and very powerful. And I knew it was out there. I knew one of myself that I had to find it. And so what I did was then on the upcoming years, I was on a quest to find it. And that quest took me through good times and bad times. The quest took me through good times and bad times. And I picture kind of like mountains, like you kind of climbing these mountains, getting to the mountaintops, and then also experiencing these valleys. And I think we're going to go through in the episode, you know, not just the mountaintops, but the valley times as well, and understanding like what that cost you to come to a place where you're like, okay, I need a breakthrough. I need like a real big breakthrough. So you were a policeman. Yes, I was. First, I would like to um, say my speaking is going to be the best I can do, and I hope you understand it because um, I've had health complications, so we'll just leave it at that. Okay. You go, Scott. We got you. Yes, and that involved you doing just cop work and living a life like, was it nine to five? Is that kind of how policemen work? No. In America or? No, we work shift work, which means I can work any schedule, days, afternoons, or mostly graveyard. What's, what's the graveyard shift? Gra- graveyard starts about 10 o'clock at night and yeah. goes till 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. So you were on shift basically the whole night? Correct, yes. So you would have seen some pretty crazy stuff? I think seen people at their worst. You were dealing with the criminal kind of stuff on the street, those kind of situations, and yeah, so you basically saw people in really dark kind of places in their life. Yes. Does that also play in your mind as well? Like you're seeing like the worst of people all the time kind of, you know what I mean? And then you're getting to a place where you're like, where is the good? Where Where is, you've got to find like that balance as well. Right. You get what I, I call jaded. You expect everybody to be that, and that's a a bad place to be because then all you do is is expect bad things from everybody. So did you have friends outside of law enforcement giving you that balance? Like where did you find that balance? I found it in my friends. But see, when you're a cop or you're a fireman or a paramedic, you tend to only stick around those people. So it, it's because you find out that you're only really understood by them. And when you talk to somebody else about something you went through, they're like, okay, I don't get that. And there's probably only restricted things you can really talk about to right. people outside right. of law enforcement anyway. Right. In fact, some things you couldn't tell your spouse or your family. What age at this point where you're becoming well, what you term jaded, like what kind of age, like how many years in law enforcement does that take? I started in 1983, 84, 
And that was, I was going to say, the beginning of that really serious quest because I knew that I wanted something, but I also knew I wanted to be a law force officer. So I somehow knew that the two were going to be involved together, and I didn't know till later down the road how they are going to be combined. Did you ever have moments in your working career where you have obviously a high sense of justice and that justice not actually being played out in a lot of the scenarios that you were involved in to try and, you know, fix the situation. Did, how did you feel about that, looking at those scenarios playing out? As far as um, the situations that I dealt with, I would see them and I'd know that they weren't right. And I would know a lot of them were dark. So what I did was I investigated more and how to dealers and respond. What happened was it ended up becoming more interested in the path that led me on. And I knew that what I was feeling was cop is good, cop is righteous. And this era I was going into was dark. It was just everything opposite what I was trying to live. So what I became is I became what I call a plastic person. I was one thing at one time and one thing at another. And what made it really easy was when I, being a cop, you'd go to work, you'd become a person doing this thing. And when you come home, you were somebody else. And that created what I call a dual life. A dual life. You can turn it on, turn it off. I also was an undercover officer for several years. So that just further created the division between the two worlds. How did that look? Like how challenging is that to like the overlap, where those two worlds sort of overlap? Is it hard to create boundaries? Like what does that look like practically? At, uh, at first, it's not hard because you're going just by what the book says and what your conscience does. But I'm not going to lie. After a while, you find out sometimes you have to push the envelope. And you still try and hold on as much as you can to the right side. And you then factor in my pursuit, trying to find out what's the supernatural. And it becomes clouded. So this was my problem. As, as divided and maybe confusing as it might become, spending time at home and that split identity, that other area of life, did that actually help ground you initially? It did. When I um, when I was started, my home life grounded me. It was, um, I'd had the family, like everybody does, and I was grounded, and I was involved in, if I can say, church. Mm. And I became... Um, that role model, that model of what I was trying to embody. But somewhere down the line, just like when you're driving a car and you fall asleep, you'll go off the road a little, a little, a little, a little, and before you know it, you're in a ditch. This is what happened with me. And as I found out with the supernatural on the dark side, that's exactly where the dark side works and it's gradually changing 
of your personality, your character, and your uh, activities. Would you say while you're dealing with some of these cases at work, it's kind of like you're continually in contact with evil because people out there do some really crazy, messed up things. And I see some of the cases on, on the TV, especially here in America. I don't see it as much in Australia. Australia is a smaller country. But some of the things that I see get reported here in America, like just out of a horror movie, absolutely crazy. And were you dealing with some crazy, like messed up situations on that kind of scale? Yes. Um, there is no shirted for cruelty out there. It's everywhere. And when you encounter this thing, you find out what people are capable of. And then I would ask myself, where did they come up with this idea? And it intrigued me. And I was like on a quest to find out how do these people get to that point? And the answer was, there's something out there that was driving them just so like it was driving me. But as you go, you find out that that line can become blurred and you have to fight it as much as possible because the cruelty out there is at a premium. Is that just happening in tandem with also in your personal life, you're pursuing supernatural things or you're like at what point, what sort of led down this path to you understanding things like black mass and different things that you're involved in? Was there like a catalyst moment or... Was it just a series of things that led you down that way? Was it was it like a combination of the work that you were doing, or it was? Um, I have to say a combination of both. There were short little nuances where I would veer off and veer off and veer off. And then there were moments in my life where bang, they were more monumental. At the time in my life, I was trying to follow God. And for what I wanted to do was find that spiritual feeling with him and that supernatural. I was very immature at the time. In my mind, God was like a genie on a bottle. I asked something, and he gives it to me. Now, that sounds very simple. And like, why would you believe that, Scott? Well, after a while of having heartbreaks, disappointments, wrong turns in the road, you start to believe a lie, and it, what it wanted to do is draw us to it. So to answer your question, yes, I was having trouble. Just going off what you just said then, you know, there's so many cases that you hear about that probably you would have dealt with where people were, I don't know, murdering and, and homicide and all these kind of like grotesque things that humans were doing to other humans, and you'd find some kind of dark spot in their life that you come across and be like, this person was involved in like really crazy video games of killing people or watching these just horrible murder films and they were, they were already opening themselves up to something like that. You were on this quest to have something supernatural, like a spiritual connection. However, people f- seem to find it a lot easier with the dark spiritual entities. It's like they're just kind of on the fringe waiting it's kind of funny how you said, like, you know, you wanted a spiritual, a positive spiritual encounter, and that's harder to sometimes have because there's all this dark stuff that's, it's so much easier to contact, really, because they, but their agenda isn't really to 
help humans. Correct. What would you say the agenda of a dark spiritual entity would be? Darkness wants to invade the light. Darkness wants to pull people in a direction that they will no more let go. Now, I do need to speak to the part about being human. We want to make our own way. So we want to do that, but we also want a piece of God with us. What I'm trying to say is you can't have both. And I was trying to, in my folly, I was trying to have both because you're very correct. The darkness is there. It's pulling. I mean, I remember feeling it as a young boy, and I thought, why do I feel familiarity with the darkness? But I also felt a positive godly side too. So during this whole journey, trying to see which way to go, and my inclination finally became to go to the dark side because I wanted to find out what this supernatural phenomenon was going on that I watched play out in people's lives because there are characteristics or clues when a person does A, B, and C, they end up at D. Just like a murderer starts out with one, and pretty soon the second one is easier than that. I wasn't doing good with the Lord. I, uh, I wasn't getting what I wanted. He wasn't popping up and doing those genie things for me. So I went to the dark side, and what I did what I did, which in a place for it is research what you want to do. So I did, and I went into a whole hog, and went in faster and stronger than I ever should have. So you are at a place where you're like, okay, you've made a decision that you don't want to kind of operate in like a righteous sense, maybe. Would you, do, would you say that? That's correct. And you're like, okay, I want a touch of something supernatural. It seems like I can get that a little bit easier if I go towards something dark. Yes. So where do you start with that? Do you just, I mean, people go online for things or do you just, do you have contact with people who are part of a satanic church or how does that even play out? First is that's this overwhelming desire to find out. I won't give any names or locations, but there are people and there were businesses that I had contacts with. And I went and ran into them by chance. You could say, wow, was we're fortunate over you. It wasn't. It was always the plan. Get me where he wanted me to be, which is on the dark side. So I contacted these people and they brought me in. You mentioned a word black mass before. And that was where I ended up, in black mass. Just for listeners' sake and for our clarity, could you define what black mass is? A black mass is coming off the heels of a Christian mass. And it's exactly everything opposite that would be done in a Christian sphere, but it's done in a satanic sphere. It is there to create like an homage request to know the dark side more. So I guess, you know, if you're going to church, you'd rock up, shake hands with people, sing songs, listen to somebody talking from the front, 
donate some money and then have some tea and biscuits. What What is the opposite of that? Because we like church would also be like worship. So it's what are you worshiping? What are you praising? What are you calling forth? That's sort of like what is the counterfeit to that? Is that what's sort of taking place? Very good question. Um, I'm call, we're calling forth, first of all, the ultimate darkness or paranormal experience, which is Satan. Satan is not omnipresent. He's in one place at one time. God is everywhere. When you're in church, that's where he is. And when you worship, you're worshiping him. When you're questing for darkness, you're questing for Satan to show up. So basically, you're trying to draw that spiritual entity. Right. That attention. Okay. Right. There's probably times in which you're doing black mass in which would nothing show up? Absolutely. And there's times where it would? Right. And in, within those, you, you have what you call praise, worship, saving, giving, all those things. In black mass, you have rituals which replace those entities, and there can be anywhere from, um, well, I will go to, to the nuts or bolts, but it had a, a lot to do with blood. Like how many people are actually like there because they know that they're specifically doing something evil, or how many people is it like, no, this is actually good? Do you know what I mean? Like, is, Are people convinced that it is something wrong that they're doing, or are they convinced that it's otherwise, like actually what we're participating is actually a good thing? There are some people that think they have that twisted mentality that they think this righteous thing going on. Evil is always black and dark. It's the only thing that's going on that is really for for real. Think about that. You can find supernatural things all around us, and they're rare to draw us in. They happen in dreams. They happen in everyday experiences. So what you have is you have this drawing and wanting to draw you in to a place that you shouldn't be. But the other side of the coin, there was those that I encountered that knew they were doing wrong, just like me. And you have to understand, in my mind, there's a heaven and a hell. But I, even though I was what they call a plastic Christian, I knew I was going to hell. Now, that's wrong. That's another lie that was told to me. So in order for me to come out of this, I had to change my whole thinking. Everything I knew up to this point was a lie. And I went into it with demons, demonic activity, just places I should not have been. Can I just ask a quick question? Sure. In terms of, you know, you go into this black mass, a lot of people go to church on Sundays and it's a Sunday thing. And during the week they might read or worship or pray. What does that look like during the week? Do you have kind of assignments or things that you need to do before Sunday rolls around and you meet with everybody again? Like how does that play out? Or is it just like a, I can go away during the week and come back on Sunday, you know? It's pretty much that. I mean, in my own experience, what I called go at your own pace, that's what this was. You go at your own pace. If you wanted to do it, during the weekday in, in yourself where you wanted to hook up with somebody, 
than you could. If you just wanted to go on autopilot, then you were okay too. The thinking I have in my head is you have to work for this. This is kind of what you're right. explaining, where you have to work to go up levels. Is that correct? Correct. If you do nothing, you're basically at the bottom of the barrel. How do you know if you're at the bottom of the barrel? What is that? <laughs> because you're no longer being approached and involved in decisions or in opinions or in activities. Are you being asked to be in a ritual? If you're not, then you're on the bottom. So were you part of like that ritual organizing? Like were you part of kind of like the organization of that? Or were you just like kind of observing, dipping the toe in a bit here and there? Or At first I, was, I wanted more. Because well, when you do this, you experience a power. And again, it's fake. But you experience it. And as I did more, then... I was invited into a decision-making about things, or a, opinion, as I would call it. What do you think about this? Let's do this. What do you think? And it, it was more involved in that, but that's the basic what went on. Okay, so you're at this place now where, like, you you have involvement. You have real involvement now right. with the situation with the black mass. Can you? I'm, I think maybe we should go into the second episode. Like, what is the difference between that um, Satanist cults um, seance? Like, maybe we'll define what each of that is because, to me, I, I guess I just kind of lump it all into one category rather than okay. Like, what is the definition of what you're actually doing? Let's get specific about it and see. Like, okay, because I, I I've seen psychic fairs. Like, I've been to a few of psychic fairs as well, and I've experienced certain things there that I would say, uh, I, I probably wouldn't want to take that home with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we'll come back for session two and we'll go into some definitions about it. 